We know, on the other hand, that God's Word that saves us comes to us not from inside, but from the outside. The externum verbum, external Word of God. And that's where our hope and, and, and comfort lies. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and his promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Okay, it's time for another Table Talk Radio, like it or not. I'm Evan Digline, <laughs> Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Quick, run! <laughs> Kids, quick, turn off, turn off the computer. Table Talk Radio's on. Get away uh, from the radio. Hey, we've got a great lineup that you might not want to, not for this one, because we're playing <laughs> Law and or Gospel. <laughs> I love the confidence. You might actually... <laughs> Yeah, that's questionable. If you make it through a whole hour of Table Talk Radio, you get a special prize at the end. Yeah, the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Law and or Gospel, Bible B, and Bumper Sticker Theology, how Pastor Wolfmiller learns all of his theology. That's true. Oh, that's He's especially glad that the gas prices are down. He can drive around a lot more looking for bumper stickers. The gas prices are so low, I just went, I didn't even need gas, and I wanted to go buy some. I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. I want to get one of those big uh, truck trucker tankers, just fill it up with gas for later. You know, cause, nice. Law uh, and or gospel is up first, my favorite game. All right. Well, uh, 200 points each for these, and this is how it works. Why don't you, I always tell how the rules work. Why don't you tell how it works? The, well, the way it works is this. We have a verse or a uh, quotation or something like this, and we uh, we ask simply the question, is it law, is it gospel, or is it both? Now you say, well, what's the difference? What's the difference between the law and the gospel? Well, that, my friends, is the purpose of the game. The law is the Lord's command on how we are to live. And because we do not keep his commands, the law also therefore condemns us and shows us our sin and our death and our need for Jesus. So the law is God's demands, his holy demands, summarized in the Ten Commandments, but found all over the scriptures. The gospel, on the other hand, is not what God demands of us, but rather what he gives to us in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. So while the law shows us our sin, the gospel forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The law is a command. The gospel, on the other hand, is God's promise to us, his promise of grace and mercy and forgiveness. There it is. So you want to listen to the text that we read and simply ask, is it law or is it gospel? And there's points on the line, 200 points for each question, right uh, right answer given. So That's right. And and the listeners should be playing along as well, seeing if, if, they, uh, if their conclusions concur with ours. That's right. All right. Well, uh, all of my verses to you are brought to you by James. Well, good. Uh, my verses, by the way, are brought to you today by the uh, Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother right. of our Lord. So, James and Mary. They're, they're endorsing Table Talk Radio, I think, <laughs> is what that means. Okay, here's the first one. It comes from Chapter 2, 24. Might as well hit it first. You know it's coming. You see that man is justified by works and not by faith alone. <laughs> if you could just stop there and do this for the rest of the show. Oh, He's stretching. Man. Yeah. 
Well, uh, yeah, this is the classic proof text argued uh, by those who don't like uh, the doctrine of justification by faith alone against it, because there it says man is not justified, is justified by works, but not by faith uh, alone. Now, the first thing to notice about the text is that, and in fact, when the Lutherans would argue against the Catholics who like to use this verse, they say, at least James has faith in there. <laughs> you guys don't even have faith. It just works by themselves. <laughs> but this is perhaps the point, then, is that is that the faith that justifies, the faith that clings to the promise of the forgiveness of sins, also clings to the Holy Spirit. We have the promise of the Spirit by faith. Therefore, faith uh, that justifies, that clings to the forgiveness of sins, is a faith that brings forth the fruit of good works. So the 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 couplet that they would always say, or the little saying that's helpful to remember this, is that while faith alone justifies, the faith that justifies is not alone. It always is accompanied. Um, it always is accompanied uh, with works, with the obedience to the Lord's uh, loving commands. Uh, and, and really, in fact, the faith that clings to the to the to the gift of justification, to the promise of forgiveness of sins, is a faith that now receives the law as well from God as a gift. Um, so that in justification, the law comes to us no longer as to condemn us, but rather to protect us and to preserve the gifts that the Lord has for us. And so if we understand that, then I think we come back to this verse and understand that it is actually the gospel, uh, that it's talking about justification, which is... Um, which is the gospel, Justific, doctrine of justification is the gospel. And it's giving it to us that this faith that clings to the justifying promise of God also is delighted in, in keeping the law of God and doing works. Now, so that might be third use of the law, but I think the verse actually is, is gospel in that it's showing that, uh, that, that, that the law comes to us as God's gift when we are justified. So how about that? Very good. I'll give you 203 points for that. Oh, brother. Three extra credit points. Hey, you're going to complain about those extra credit points? I'll take them away. This is a good, this is a very difficult text, though, and I think we have some, uh, I think I've got an essay or something, an excerpt from the Confessions or something like that on it, and we'll try to get that up on our website for people who want to follow up and do a little more work. Yeah. All right. We'll do it. As long as Pastor Wolfman remembers to send it to me, I'll be happy to put it on our website. Or you could write something about it, too. Uh, <laughs> Someone sim- seminary and gig line a computer so he can write a paper for our <laughs> yeah. website. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For you, Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and following, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Merry Christmas, by the way. Hey, thank you. You too. <laughs> what is uh, the, almost the last Sunday of the church here now, and we're recording our Christmas <laughs> show? It's kind of strange. It's kind of like uh, when you go to the mall at like, Halloween and they got Christmas trees sitting out. Seems a little odd. Although our new theme for our show is Good Thing It's Not Live. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, what a disaster. That We have to pre-record four, five, six weeks pre-recorded. Do we need that time to <laughs> straighten things out? Clean out the show. Clean yeah. up the show. And, oy. It is. Uh, th- this is a wonderful text. Uh, this is gospel. Um, this is what uh, the text that uh, we use in the Magnificat as we sing. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Do you want to sing that for us, Pastor Wolfman? My soul. No. 
Mm, okay. <laughs> it, of course, it's called the Magnificant because the first word in Latin is magnifies, magnificant. Uh, and here Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. It's a canticle for vespers and, and any other time you want to sing it, really, too. Uh, but Mary, sing, do you remember when Mary singing this is when the angel had come and announced that she would be, uh, that it would be her womb that would carry uh, to birth the Son of God, the Messiah. Stunning. And now Mary rejoices and she rejoices not that she's good or fancy or uh, immaculately conceived or anything like this. She rejoices that God is having mercy on her and showing her uh, his grace. The, the Lord has done mighty things with me and, and holy is his name so that it's God who's given me this gift of a child. Not I, I haven't earned it or deserved it in any way. Sounds good to me. So what did you say, by the way? I said gospel. Oh, yeah, that's true. Gospel. <laughs> I hope so, because everything you just said didn't sound like law. No, no, that's right. Just checking. All right. So that brings me to the second one, also from James. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteous is sown in peace by those who make peace. Law and or gospel, Pastor Wolf Mueller. Yeesh, this is a tough one, too. Uh, any of you listeners have any ideas, you can taking, quick email me. T- yeah. <laughs> we're taking callers on this, 866-851-5523. If we don't, if you, uh, if we don't answer the phone, just leave a message. We'll yeah, get it. There, that's right. Uh, no, look, this, is, see, this is, has something to do with what we were talking about when we had the other verse from James, and, and that's this, is that when... Uh, when a Christian is forgiven of their sins, they are set free from the tyranny of the law. So the law no longer condemns. There's Romans 8, 1, there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. Now the law comes as a gift. And this is, so this list here sounds a, a lot like how Paul describes the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians. A love, joy, peace, patience. In other words, by faith we possess the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is not a dead spirit, but a living spirit, an active spirit, a, a free spirit who gives us freedom to live and love and serve our neighbor. So the righteous who love peace, therefore are sons of peace, that, that, that when we are made righteous by faith, then we love also to to live in peace with our neighbor and love them and serve them. So even though... This is how the law comes to the Christian when the gospel has already come. It's what our confessions call the third use of the law. In other words, the the use of the law to give the contours of our Christian life apart from the stinging, condemning, accusing use that it has for our sinful nature and for all those who are apart from Christ. But it still is, even though it doesn't kill uh, the new man, and even though it's our delight, it still kills our flesh and condemns our flesh, uh, but it's the delight of the new man. So this is still the law. So there it is, law. Law it is. You're going to receive that answer with... I will. Well, good. We really <laughs> never get this wrong, do we? That's, you could no, disagree. no, I think I got it wrong once. Oh. <laughs> you managed to do that. <laughs> Congratulations. That's good. <laughs> I wanted to be remembered somehow. The guy that missed the law gospel question. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You shall not steal gospel. I guess we should probably go to a break then. Uh, We'll be right back. More law and or gospel right after this break. Don't go away.
In the early 16th century, there was a man named John Tetzel who is remembered for his selling of indulgences to fund the construction of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. He said, As soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. Luther, of course, combated this teaching, saying that the indulgence wasn't even worth the paper it was written on. We at Table Talk Radio want to give you something of equal value. For every dollar you donate through our website, tabletalkradio.org, we will send you one Table Talk Radio point. With this certificate of pretend Table Talk Radio points, you will be reminded that the points on Table Talk Radio are like the treasury of merits to your salvation. No help whatsoever. Get your pretend Table Talk Radio points today by clicking the Donate button on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Back to Table Talk Radio playing law and or gospel. Pastor Wolf Miller is winning, but only for a time because it's his turn to give me a verse. I do have 403 points. An amount of points that I don't think I've ever had. If anyone there keeping score can verify. Do you think anyone keeps stats on Table Talk Radio points? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You know, like they do time of possession in the football (laughs) game? Seminary and Gagline spoke for... 27.3% 27.3% of the last segment. <laughs> His lowest amount speaking. All right. I'm going for a double-double. Yeah. <laughs> Here we're, uh, we're continuing with the Magnificat, the prayer of uh, Mary, verse f- Luke one fifty, And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. That's it? Yeah. His mercy is on those okay. who fear him from generation to generation. Uh, this is what I'm going to say about that, that verse. I'm going to say that this is gospel, and here's why. It's possible that someone might say, oh, look, uh, you're expected to, to fear him, so he'll have mercy. But I don't think that that's, the text isn't saying that. Uh, we, we fear God in our sin, and, uh, and so uh, in that sin, um, uh, he has mercy on us. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I think that's right. In fact, what it's going to get on to in your next verse is going to it's going to contrast those who fear God with those who are proud. And and so the fear of God is simply the humility that stands before the law of God knowing that we need his mercy. So that's exactly right. He has mercy on those who fear him, generation to generation. Now the generation part is important because in fact the rest of the hymn of Mary here is going to develop that all throughout history, all throughout time, uh, this promised child has 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 been the harbinger of the Lord's mercy and grace, the this light that's shining throughout all time. Uh, so that's important too. But it's the it's the light of the Lord's mercy in Christ that is that f- from the beginning of the world to the end has has made Christians. Yeah, to to take this verse in a law way um, would would to say that uh, look, you got to muster up enough fear in order for God to have mercy on you. But of course, that's not the verse it's talking about. 
Um, that would be that would be a reading of the law. This, but uh, as as we I think reiterated several times already, uh, that we 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 are fearful of of God um, when we see uh, who we are in His demands. Look, uh, God demands us to be perfect. Uh, are you perfect? No, I, I know for a fact. Oh, you're asking me the question. <laughs> That's not even rhetorical. <laughs> well, let me think about it. How many points for that answer? <laughs> I am not perfect. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Remember repentance, the two parts of repentance, which we talked about in our last show or the show before that, which means surely no one even knows about it now, uh, is uh, contrition and faith. We know that faith is worked by the gospel. We believe the promise. But contrition is also worked by God. We, we are passively contrite in that the law comes to us and shows us our own sinfulness. So it's not like we're trying to work up some sort of fear of God. It's simply the fact that uh, is that the Holy Spirit comes and reveals to us our sinfulness. And so we are passive all the way through. As the law does its destroying work on us, and as the gospel does its life-giving work on us. Very good. All right, I'm ready. So it's uh, the score is almost tied at 400 to 403, and I've got one more verse. And here it is. You have lived luxuriously. Is that right? Is that how you say it? I have lived luxuriously. Okay. That's true. Uh, on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and put to death the righteous man. He does not resist you. Yeah, that's a, that's a condemning of sin and it's a law. I'm glad we're not playing Bible because I don't know where that is, but it's a, it's a condemning of this kind of prideful arrogance which, which uh, rather than rejoicing in the gift of life and eternal life, brings death. Uh, and slaughter and hoarding and all of this sort of thing. So that that's a condemning verse of of law. And this still still brought to you by James uh, chapter five five and six. Oh, there you go. That's right. I forgot James was sponsoring your verses. That's so, right. Law. <laughs> what is the law? Correct. All right. Oops, I gave myself a little too many points there. Hey, uh, well, I have to take a look at that. All right, the last for you. This is the finish, the last bit of the Magnificat here. Uh, Luke one fifty one and following. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel and remember, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. This is both law and gospel. Um, in this, uh, we find both that that he is uh, scattering... Would you read the law parts again? Pastor? Sure. Uh, he's shown strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He's put down the mighty from their thrones. Exalted the lowly. That's a little gospel in there. Yeah. Filled the hungry with good things. Also gospel. And the rich he has sent empty away. Law. Very good. Yeah, so... Uh, it's clear as day. That that's a good that's a good um, text to read to, for this a good demonstration of uh, law and gospel, both that right there. Comparing one to the others, it's and this is true uh, that the the way the word Lord works is He tears down the prideful and He lifts up the humble. In fact, this is why the law comes is to tear down the prideful, so we become the humble, and then and then we get lifted up. You, you see, when it says He He put down the mighty from their thrones. And then he exalts the lowly. Well, the mighty put down from their thrones become the lowly who are then exalted by the Lord. And this is exactly how the Lord works with us and all people throughout all time. He kills us in order to make us alive. 
And we say, well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. First comes life, then comes death, but not with the kingdom of God. First comes death, and then life. First comes the law and our own condemnation and our dying to sin, and then it, the Lord's word of, of, of comfort and forgiveness enters in, and, we, and we're raised from the dead and, and given over to newness of life. And this, really in the Magnificat here, uh, Mary is magnificently <laughs> showing this. It's just simply beautiful. Yes, what? she is. <laughs> Magnificently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for Law and or Gospel. A score update, please, Pastor Wolfmiller. Oh, sorry. 603 to Pastor Brian Iron Preacher Wolfmiller. And the Radio Clan has 600 points. Down by three. All right. Well, let's head into <laughs> Bible B. You're going to be start quoting the Magnificat at me. <laughs> I got to watch out that I don't get uh, proud in the imagination of my heart. That's right. <laughs> what All are we playing next? Bible B. All right. This is the game where uh, we read first. I have two verses, one verse, then one word. Is that right? Right. And then uh, the other person has to guess which book of the Bible that's found in. Right. Okay. I want you. I went first last. I want you to go first. Okay. Here it is from. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell. I can't tell you. <laughs> oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Um, <laughs> I I'm just. Hmm? Is this in uh, Isaiah? That would be a bad guess. Want to try again? Yeah. Why don't you read it again? Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Oh, okay. Proclaim his good news. Uh, This is from the Psalms. Oh, good. (laughs) Did you you forget about the Psalms or something? (laughs) I was thinking you're continuing, not that this is bad for this, but I was thinking you're continuing this Christmas theme, so I was thinking uh, Old Testament quotations. Okay, sorry. This this is actually the Christmas uh, introit, the introit Ah, for Christmas Day Psalm, Psalm 96. As Psalm 98 also says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. He's done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. Really, they're uh, very similar psalms, Psalm 96 and 98. So when, when we do it that way, it's really easy to cut out my, my wrong guess out, <laughs> out of the audio file. So people won't know that I got that wrong. I'm sure. Just it's your, just your own conscience. Hey, All we have right. a guest in studio. <laughs> Who's this? Uh, joining us, Daniel. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, I first one for you. Then are you ready? Ready. They shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herb, uh, bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it with raw or boiled at all with water, but rather roasted with fire. Both its head and its legs, along with its entrails. Did you want to say bitter herbs? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> not only that, but I have instead of bread, I mistyped, put a p, so pred. <laughs> Man, it's good to proofread your your show prep notes. Yeah, there you go. Bitter herb. That would be uh, if you're a bad guy to have as your pastor. Bitter herb. <laughs> uh, that sounds like uh, the instructions that God has given to Moses about the Passover. From uh, Israel, and that would be right around uh, Exodus uh, or teens, Exodus teens, like Exodus sixteen or something. Uh, so, what is the book of Exodus? You want to guess the chapter for extra points? 
Uh, do you want, wait, let me raise it. Do you want to wager extra points? Wager extra points on the chapter? Yeah. Sure, I'll say chapter 14. Wrong, it's chapter 12. Oh, so you, man. You, you lose 14 points. All right. <laughs> I get uh, how many? 100, though? So I gotta, Did they get points for that last one? Yeah, 100 points. I got it here, 100 points. Okay. Look, we got plenty of points in the budget here. I, I could see um, a, a big scoreboard right there in the top of the wall. We need to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with uh, more, uh, what are we playing? Bible B here on Table Talk Radio. Uh, stay tuned for this commercial break. <laughs> Hi, this is Evan Gigline. We at Table Talk Radio are concerned with the proclamation of the gospel for the salvation of the world. With this includes the expansion of Table Talk Radio. We would like to have Table Talk Radio broadcasted on as many radio stations as possible to proclaim the life and work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all sin. But we need your help. Many radio stations across America allow religious programming in their lineup on a particular day, usually Sunday mornings, providing the programs pay for their airtime. Perhaps a radio station in your area would be willing to play table talk radio, and a local business or church would be willing to help support the costs incurred. If you would like to discuss this possibility in your area, please call our toll-free number 866 866- Eight five one five five two three. Leave a message, and I will personally return your phone call promptly to discuss this possibility. Thank you for your consideration in expanding Table Talk Radio for the sake of the gospel. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're in the middle of playing Bible Bee. You successfully guessed that last one from Exodus and uh, the Lord's instructions to the pastor. You want to talk about that? Yeah, that's uh, we. In fact, um, well, it seemed like I was just talking about this business because uh, there's a pattern that you see in the Lord's instituting the Passover and in the Lord instituting His New Testament and the Lord's Supper. And, and the and the pattern is this: is that the Lord gives to gives to Israel a memorial meal before there was anything to remember. I mean, he gives them the instruction on how to do this stuff before he actually rescued them. I mean, remember when the Passover was given was when they were they were in uh, Israel. And the Lord doesn't just tell them what to do, like get ready and get some bread that, you, that can't rise and all this sort of stuff. He tells them, he gives them all these detailed instructions about how the next year and the next year and the next year until he comes in the flesh to give them a new meal, how they're supposed to 
to remember this. And there's nothing even to remember yet. It's stunning. So first God gives them the instructions, and then they follow it, and they include, it would, part of that includes killing the lamb and putting the blood on the doorposts, and the angel of death passes over. Uh, and kills the firstborn of Egypt, and the cry goes up, and they and they leave, uh, and they go out, and, and and you know the rest of the story. But the Lord gives all these detailed instructions of how to remember something that hasn't even been accomplished yet. It's the same thing with the Lord's Supper too. He he says, "Take and eat. This is my body. This is my blood, uh, given for you, broken for you. This sort of thing." And his body had yet been broken, hadn't hadn't been sacrificed yet, and yet he's giving them the meal to remember, um, and to give out the gifts of his New Testament before he wins these gifts but in the lord's mind the things that he's promised to do are so certain and so sure that it's almost like you can remember them before they even happen uh, because they just they they exist as these irrefutable uh gifts and blessings for us and so the cross is like that uh, just like the lord's people being rescued from egypt is like that very good so, uh, 200 points for that, I suppose. I know. I, look, I got 86 points, remember? Because I got 100 points because round one is only 100 points. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, cool. and, then, uh, and then I lost 14 points for wagering on the chapter, <laughs> which now brings the score to uh, I have 689 points and you have 700 glorious and blessed points. <laughs> You're up by 11. And that brings you to the next verse, which you are... Sh- don't look where I'm... <laughs> turning here in the Bible uh, which you're never going to get this one never a thousand years <laughs> if I can get to it is, uh-huh. that, a, is that a hint uh, a thousand <laughs> years is like a day uh, sort of here it is now gather yourself in troops O daughter of troops he has laid siege against us they will strike the judge of Israel with the rod on the cheek I might need another reading of that one. Okay. Now gather yourself in troops, O daughter of troops. He has laid siege against us, and they will strike the judge of Israel with a rod on the cheek. What is the book of troops? A <laughs> <laughs> good guess. Uh, I don't know. What is this? Uh, <laughs> judges? <laughs> judges. Wrong. I'll read the next verse, and then you can guess again. But you, Bethlehem, Epaphrathah, Though you are the little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth for me one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. I don't know. Micah. Micah. Ah. This is where the promise of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem comes. Uh, Micah chapter 5 verse 2 was the promise of Bethlehem. Uh, uh, Micah chapter 5 verse 1 was the verse that we read there. Okay. There you go. And by the way, you know, a a lot of people are familiar with this first part because Matthew quotes it. Because uh, remember the Magi come, and they come to Herod, and they say, hey, uh, we saw the star, where's the king? And he asks the Pharisees, and they say, or the scribes, and they say, oh, here in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says he'll be born in Bethlehem. And and it quotes it there. Uh, And then so they go to Bethlehem, and they find the babe and worship him and all this. But but here's the rest of the verse. But you, Bethlehem of Ephrathah, although you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth for me one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. In other words, it, it talks about the eternal generation of the Son of God. So even though this one who come out of Bethlehem will be born and will have a birthday, this one is also the same eternal God. Uh, so that it's a testimony of both the divine and human natures of Jesus. And then... 
therefore he shall give them up, this is verse 3, until the time that he who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel, and he shall stand. I, I think that in verse 4 there, this standing is a prophecy of the resurrection. He shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of his name of the Lord his God, and they will abide. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and this one shall be peace. So that the, this one who is born, this Messiah who comes, who is born in Bethlehem, and who is also God, will 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 even though he'll be struck down, he will stand up again, and he will shepherd his people and protect his flock, his church. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> no points for you. Oh, that's all right. You won't get this next one. <laughs> but I'll I'll even give you the heads up. All right. You need to pay very close attention to get this. All right. Ready? Ready. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. All right. So these are the this is the word of Jesus after the Lord's Supper. It's not in the institute and that's recorded in four places in the scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and 1 Corinthians. Uh it's not in 1 Corinthians because that comes right afterwards and and Paul doesn't include it. So that's going to leave the options of Matthew, Mark, Luke. Now, in Matthew, Matthew really likes to translate this teaching of Jesus of the kingdom as the kingdom of heaven. So now it says the kingdom of God. So that's going to narrow it down to Mark or Luke. And I I know that Jesus says that it's recorded in Matthew with that slight distinction. And Matthew and Mark are so close that I'm going to guess Mark. And you'd be guessing incorrectly. Oh, is very, it Luke? Yeah, it's Luke. Very good of, of eliminating <laughs> down, though. <laughs> that was good, though. I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, boy. Luke it is, huh? Yes. Give so, it again. So Jesus says, For I will say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. That's right. I think he's talking about there the resurrection, which is so that his own resurrection, so that he's eating and drinking with his disciples after Easter, and he's showing, look, the kingdom of God is here. The mm. kingdom of heaven is here. Now, I'm eating with you. I'm drinking. I'm, I'm cooking fish on the lake and all this sort of stuff. Now, now the kingdom of God is here because of the resurrection, the first fruits. So, and we know that the first fruits will continue to be harvested until the end of time. When, 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 well, that's when God will harvest all of the fruits of the kingdom of heaven and will be the, in the new heaven and new earth forever. Huh. Okay, it's time to move on to the final round of Bible B with the one word hint. All right, your word is. This is my favorite game, by the way. Okay. Your word is. Oh, that's right, because it's single. The words are single, like you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All alone. That's why. Yeah. Uh, dragon. Dragon is your word. Oh, that comes up. Oh. Dragon. Are you sure it's only in one book of the Bible? Nope. <laughs> so you not only do you have to guess where it is you have to guess the particular place that i'm thinking <laughs> and i see you have your finger in the back in the back oh, part of the bible because <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna guess joe but with that that's more towards the middle of the book and you had your so i'm gonna have to guess then revelation true <laughs> revelation in fact the dragon comes up as the description of the devil all over in the in the revelation that uh, that um, that John has of Jesus there in the end, uh, especially though, do we have time for this? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, in Revelation chapter twelve, which is one of my favorite texts, I've got a lot of favorites in this world, but this is really <laughs> one of my favorites. This is Revelation twelve, 
one and following. It says, A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with a sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head the garland of twelve stars. That's Israel. And then being with child, she cried out in labor pain to give birth. So this is all of the Old Testament is a woman waiting to give birth. That that grows out of Genesis 3.15, the promised seed who will crush the devil. And then verse 3, Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And that, uh, So this is where we get the idea that a third of the angels fell and become demons. Uh, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. This is a stunning picture. The, this woman giving birth and then there's the dragon ready to eat the baby as it comes out. Now, you know, we just had our fourth child. Isaac was born uh, just a little while ago. And they've changed, apparently, the regulations because they no longer will allow dragons in the birthing rooms at huh. the hospital. So Amazing. I don't know how that worked out. We need to go to a break. They're going to finish up just one more question for this game, Bible Bee. We're going to play Bumper Sticker Theology. So you don't want to go away during this break for sure. So stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Thanks for laughing at my joke there. Appreciate that. by grace alone through faith alone as told by scripture alone stay tuned for more table talk radio table talk radio is listener supported if you would like to help with the financial needs of table talk radio just click the donate button on our website tabletalkradio.org or mail us at p.o box 223 yuma colorado 80759 Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're playing Bible Bee. And this last question that I have for Pastor Wolf, and then we're going to play Bumper Sticker Theology, uh, everyone's favorite game. Right. Except for Pastor Wolf there. He has all these favorites, but... It is my favorite, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is unique. I don't discriminate. Instead of giving you one word, I'm giving you two words. All right. But it's the only verse in the Bible both of these words appear in the same verse. Oh, Oh, that's a tricky one. Okay, I'm ready. Your two words are weak and sick. Weak and sick. That's right. So there's one book of the Bible that has one chapter that has one verse that has these two <laughs> words together in the same verse. Correct. And I'm supposed to pick out what that is. Weak and sick. <laughs> Good. I'm glad this is a challenge for you. Uh Weak and sick. While you're thinking on that, I'm going to update our listeners on the score. <laughs> Did you update this? Is this? Is I this think recent? it's right. Yeah. Okay. Pastor Wolfner has 689. Is that right? That's right. And uh, I am sticking around with 700. 
So you really need to get this to pull ahead. Right. <laughs> Weak and sick. Uh, see, it kind of reminds me of the letters of Jesus to the last churches. You're weak, miserable, poor, blind. But I don't weak. That's not in there. Weak and sick. Uh, 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 you know, I think I think this is Paul talking where he says weak and sick and sickness and this sort of thing. In and he talks like that in Second uh, Corinthians. That's the best I got. Second Corinthians. <laughs> Close. <laughs> First Corinthians. Oh, let me man. read. Let me read the whole. Oh, let me. Let me. Uh, Give you a, a hint of I, I told you the answer, but the f- the first Bible B question was about I can't even remember that far back. That was Exodus. Like 10 minutes. Oh yeah, Exodus was about the uh, Passover. Second one was about oh yeah, the Lord's Supper. And so here St. Paul says, for this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number asleep. Ugh, that's right. Those who eat and drink the body and blood of the Lord Jesus unworthily, and so they eat and drink judgment upon themselves. And the Lord. Uh, uh, the Lord rescues them from condemnation by giving them death before their faith dies. This is a hmm. good good guess, though. Second Corinthians, better than I would have done. All right, bumper sticker theology is no the points, last uh, game here of this edition of Table Talk Radio. Can uh, you buy a, a Table Talk Radio bumper sticker on our online store? Yes, you can. Hey. You all need to buy a... a, a Just imagine the irony here. There could be some radio punks somewhere out there in the (laughs) world doing a segment on bumper sticker theology talking about this table talk radio bumper sticker. Yeah, how terrible it is to get your theology from bumper stickers. Right. Then, hey, buy our bumper sticker on our website, tabletalkradio.org. The great irony. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, in in my driving around uh, Yuma, Colorado yesterday, I found all these bumper stickers, and I found a couple of pastoral flow that... Um, shockingly, well, one one that was shockingly written specifically for you in Yuma, Colorado. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. The, the, the bumper sticker said this: "Your proof, God has a sense of humor." <laughs> nice. But but there's another one that's just good advice. <laughs> this one is just good advice for, right. for anyone, and it's uh, never moon a werewolf. <laughs> I'll have to remember that one. Tuck that little nugget away. <laughs> oh man. Are you all right over there? Yeah. We've been recording for too long. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the first bumper sticker I have, I should share these with you. Yeah, um, I haven't well, seen them. How about, how about I just give them to you? And I, I kind of know what they say. Uh, beware. Oh, oh, here, here's the first one. Jesus loves you. Oops. No, didn't mean you. <laughs> <laughs> That's thoughtful. Is that a kind. Calvinist, do you think? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's just trying to be a punk jerk and they're really being a Presbyterian. <laughs> Whoops. Uh now you explain <laughs> explain why you say Calvin would say something like this. You can send your hate mail to PRBW at tabletalkradio dot org. Yeah, okay. Well Jesus loves you. Oops, no, I didn't mean you. That's because Calvinist has a doctrine of this is really terrible doctrine they got. Limited atonement. Yeah, they this double predestination that God uh in time has fixed uh, who he will save and who he will not, mm-hmm. and um, you know if, if you're not saved, it's just simply because God shows that He didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, then that takes away uh, the universal atonement that God uh, died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. No, no, no. Presbyterians or those who, of Calvinistic theology would say, uh, no. Uh, instead, Jesus only died on the cross for the elect, and so it, it is uh, would be in fact true for. In fact, there are churches that that make this more explicit, saying that God doesn't love you. 
Jesus loves you. Oops, no, I didn't mean you. That's pretty. That's funny. I. Uh, I mean, it's terrible too. Here, by you the know, way. The, oh, the, go ahead. I was just say the bumper sticker. The the letters are a lot smaller, so maybe it's intended for the person that really rides that person's tail. You can finally see. Oops, I didn't mean you. Yeah, yeah. As you get closer, you realize <laughs> it. It's you're taking back the love of Jesus with the left hand there. I, you know, here's a verse. By the way, we just had on um, a few weeks ago in church. That's good against the double predestination is the sheep and the goats. And remember how the Lord says to the sheep, "Enter the place prepared for you from the foundation of the world." That's predestination. From the foundation of the world, the Lord has a place for his saints. But at the end of the goats, Jesus says, uh, depart from me uh, into the place prepared for the devil and all of his angels, so that hell is prepared not for the unbeliever but for the devil, so that there is not a, uh, there is not a, uh, there is not an election to damnation, only an election of grace. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, if, browse here's, through that list and find another yeah, one. Yeah, here's another one. Oh, these are both pretty bad. Oh, here's some more down here, too. Here's one. Beware of dogma, it says. <laughs> Instead of beware of dog, it's yeah, beware, it's beware of, dogma. of dogma. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's afraid of dogma because dogma means you're actually saying something. <laughs> yeah. And every, We'd rather not say it. Yeah, that's right. You rather, I'd, rather be, I'd rather not say anything rather than take the risk of saying something wrong. Uh, but this kind of fits in with the whole big sense of, you know, of... Uh, Tolerance. Everyone's got to yeah. be tolerant. And if you if you start telling someone that they're wrong, you can say you're right as much as you want. But as soon as you start telling other people that they're wrong, which is what dogma does, uh, then boy, then you're going to get it. Yep. So, yep. So all of you who in, uh, don't enjoy listening to Table Talk Radio, you're wrong. <laughs> and we can say that because they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You want another one here? I'm ready. Honor, this is terrible. Honor the divine within. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did Oprah come up with that one? <laughs> that sounds like an Oprah thing to say. Yeah, or it could have been the Oracle of Delphi. <laughs> <laughs> this is t- the, uh, this Gnosticism that there's this divine spark within us. You know, here's something interesting, though, Evan. Every doctrine that denies original sin really is clinging to this idea that there's some sort of intimate connection with God in each person sort of naturally and so there uh, uh and so there is this connection to the divine and you and you you remember when we were talking to the who's the praise band guy Chris Tomlin yeah and it, what is how do you know the holy spirit or how do you know you're in the presence yeah, of God right. and the holy spirit now just kind of works this within you in other words there's this God kind of inside that's somehow communicating or touching you or doing this sort of thing. Uh, so it's not just New Agers. It's really any sort of mysticism, which is even Christian mystics have this idea of the divine within. We know, on the other hand, that God's word that saves us comes to us not from inside, but from the outside, the externum verbum, external word of God. And that's where our hope and, and, and comfort lies. Well, this kind of be like those who say that you should follow your heart. That'd be kind of a similar deal. I think so, because yeah. uh, we know that the scriptures teach us that the, the that the the heart is uh, defiled and and uh, where murder lies, and and so to follow your heart would be a terrible thing. Yeah, yeah, the heart is deceitful above all things; it's wicked beyond measure. Out of the heart proceeds all sorts of manner of wickedness and stuff. So the people say, well, everyone when someone says they have a good heart, there's only one person they could be talking about. No, oh, G- yeah. Jesus. Good point. Uh, yeah. Okay, we got time for probably one or two more. We do? Oh. Um, let's probably see. Probably one more. Let's do, what's your favorite of the ones remaining? Oh, be an organ donor. Give your heart to Jesus. <laughs> uh, heading the wrong direction. God allows U-turns. 
that. Talk about cheesy. How about this one, though? Uh, God, protect me from your followers. <laughs> we could also do that for Table Talk Radio. Yeah. Uh, protect us from our listeners? Yeah. No. They would no. be praying. Protect uh, us from the hosts. <laughs> <laughs> How do I shut this computer off? <laughs> Honey, the computer's frozen. I can't get him to shut up. <laughs> I mean, be quiet. Sorry, kids. Uh, God, protect me from your followers. What's going on there? Uh, well, um, I, I think um, there, there are, there's no shortage of those who, who use the name of our Lord uh, for their own agendas and their own uh, crazy ideas. And uh, certainly those, I would agree, are rather, at times, very scary. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. There's a lot of nonsense that goes on under the name of religion, under the name of God. There's a lot of destruction and a lot of um, uh, a lot of warfare, a lot of trouble, and, and this sort of thing. And so, I mean, perhaps this prayer is necessary there. But just because something is done in the name of God doesn't mean that God is doing it. In fact, this is what we pray. Hallowed be thy name. We pray that the Lord would lead us to... Uh, to to live to to teach and to believe and to live such lives that bring honor to His name, not not shame to it. I'm afraid that's all the time we have for this what? edition of Table Talk Radio. But don't forget to visit our website, tabletalkradio.org. Leave you to that. Uh, we'll see you next time right here. Merry Christmas. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.